Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as yours, This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Fish Nerds. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd of the Fish Nerds Podcast. <laughs> and I'm Andrew Lewin, founder and president of Speak Up for Blue and the host of the Speak Up for Blue podcast. And an oceanpreneur. And an oceanpreneur. That's right. For real. All right, Andrew, we're, we're, <laughs> we're glad you're back. Welcome back to the show. Before we get into who you are, uh, here's what people can expect tonight on the show. First of all, we're going to talk to Andrew Lewin about Speak Up for Blue podcast. We're going to hear about the oyster pirates of Chesapeake Bay. That's a real thing, Andrew. I know. I read. I can't believe that. That was awesome. It's that, so I'm cool. Gonna... We'll have some fish in the news. A lot going on tonight. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrew, welcome back to the show. For people who don't know, Andrew Lewin is my friend. He's from Canada, and I like him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your host, creator of Speak Up for the Blue podcast, which is a really great podcast. Uh, Thank you. About protecting the ocean, and, and I love it. It's it's a great show. How are I you? Appreciate that. I'm great, man. I'm I'm so psyched to be here. Uh, I think this is like my second time as a as a full time guest. And yeah. I, I I used to 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 provide some like clips here and there, and yeah. then I got I unfortunately I got too busy. But I'm 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 excited to to maybe start that up again if you're if you're willing. Of course um, I am. I, yeah. We we love to speak up for the F and Blue. You know, Andrew. Oh, we, that was awesome. Yeah. We we can always, if you're recording a show and you're talking about fish-related stuff, we can always just pull that section of your podcast. Oh, yeah. Plug it into my show. If, oh, if, if my audience isn't already crossing over there anyway. And a lot of them are. I think I think so. I think we get a lot of cross audience. Because, you, like, honestly, I have to admit, like, this is not sucking up to your audience. You can suck up to my audience. You guys have, you have a great audience. I remember the first time I was on here, and I mentioned it in the last podcast, but just to remind people, when I, the first time I was on here, you went in the in, in the Fish Nerds group and you're like, hey, I'm having Andrew Loon. He's, he's an ocean scientist. He, you know, he's going to, you know, what are your questions you want me to ask him? And they asked so many great questions, like questions that I haven't even heard before before from sort of like the public and and in my defense i haven't had a lot of uh experience uh answering questions from recreational fishers uh, <laughs> because the, the people that i know that are recreational fishers are scientists mm -hmm. so you know we, we kind of speak the same kind of language but with the questions that we're asking about in terms of like cod recovery and climate change and like gray seals affecting cod recovery and all this kind of stuff it was just so good i i spent like an hour answering questions in the group before the podcast was recorded uh but it was great like that's why i love i love your audience and i tell people about them all the time like about you, the podcast and and the audience because it's great to have an interactive audience like that yeah and, and it's a great bunch of nerds and i just to, for anyone listening i do appreciate every single one of you it really does matter when you listen to a podcast uh and you even the little thing, going on Facebook and hitting the like button, yeah, a little hard on Twitter after we post a podcast. That yeah. little gesture means so much to us. And, and absolutely, it, 
Uh, most people don't do anything. So little gestures mean a lot. Communicating even bigger, calling yeah. into the show even bigger, leaving a review on iTunes, excuse me, Apple Podcast. Yeah. The, the biggest, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, yeah. and they become part of your team. They, they do. Right? It, That's what it is. It's a team effort now. Yeah, for sure. And it's great. Yeah. Um, but, but Andrew, I, I'm really inspired by you lately because um, you're doing what, what most podcasters dream of doing, yeah, which is taking this hobby podcast that you make for free in your house, yeah, and turning it into a career. You you you're now podcasting as your job, isn't that? Is that right? That's right. I'm, I'm I call myself uh, a, an ocean podcastpreneur now. I guess I don't know. I haven't figured out the term yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I got I got I got very I got very lucky in a way. Um, but I also worked my butt off, just like you do. Uh, to to get to this place and it's just it, it's been wonderful so yeah I'm, I'm full-time now congratulations uh, thank you very much <laughs> yeah. so I, I I podcast for a living I, I tell people like they ask me now like what do you do now and like do you do consulting I'm like no uh, I go I talk about the ocean full-time and like what I'm like I literally sit in my office and talk on to a microphone with people sometimes and sometimes by myself and sometimes I have my dog who's like my first employee I call him uh lazy guy though Jesus uh, but anyway always uh, licking themselves always licking begging for food pooping everywhere pooping yeah. everywhere, snoring um <laughs> just just he's the damper on the situation but um <laughs> so that's always helpful sure. um but yeah so anyway so I I um it was really interesting. I, I got there's there's an organization called Octo. Uh, it used to be called Mari, but now it's Octo. So it's Open Communications for the Ocean. Uh, and I I've known this this group for a while. They've been around since 2001, and even before that, they have two publications that they've been doing for a while: uh, Marine Protected Area News (MPA News) and Meme, which is Marine Ecosystem and Management. They're they're two publications that they put out once a month, uh, and they basically talk about talk to they interview people that are in the business of protecting the ocean. Uh, and marine protected areas, of course, are the people that put together marine protected areas all over the world and share their experiences and challenges and successes and all that kind of stuff. And Meme is basically like an ecosystem based management thing, so it's like a whole like a whole management system. Right, and those guys are always putting those photos up on Facebook with like words on them that you know say. Like, <laughs> Who farted and that? Sort of <laughs> yeah, no, not quite, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool. Like they've done, they've you know, basically they're in the business of helping people who are in the business of helping the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. So they they try and like break. We try and break down barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and and it's just, it's barriers like to information and this kind of stuff. Um, next week, uh, when is this podcast going live? Monday. Monday. Okay, so th- this week, as you're listening to this, it is open access week which is a huge deal in science because science is supposed to be open, right? It's supposed to be repeatable. So you, you, you know, when you see a, a science report or a science journal article, you know, in the methods, you should be able to read the methods and be able to repeat that experiment if you have the materials and everything like that. However, what's been happening is you've had a lot of people, uh, a lot of these journal articles have to pay for all the stuff they put together in the print and all that kind of stuff. So they charge, uh, they, they charge people to, to pay for to read the magazine, just like a regular subscription, except they're extremely expensive. It's not like a men's health magazine or, or a National Enquirer magazine kind of thing. It's, it's a, you know, this is a, a high-end magazine. So each paper itself, each individual article can be worth about 35 to 50 bucks American. Which is when you when you're writing a paper yourself to to get like citations, you're reading and, and probably citing about thirty to forty articles. 
so that can add up for somebody who's a non like a nonprofit organization where you barely have any money in the first place. Yeah, or, or a student, or science. yeah. Now, normally, academia and federal governments usually have access to many of these these things. They pay for the access, so right. they get they get access. But state governments don't, uh, or uh, many state governments don't. Washington State for sure doesn't, and then of course, independent science and nonprofit organizations. So there's a barrier to information there. So what what Octo's doing now, and what I've teamed up with, that what they've actually hired me to do is to do the communications for this open access, uh, basically. Um, database of documents and articles and journal articles all about science that people can submit and they'll be available for free. So for instance, like you guys, your audience, you yourself, if you want to look up something on marine conservation, so say like plastic pollution or um, uh, marine protected area or ocean, like spatial planning or, you know, how the Seamount monument got got uh, put together and what's involved and all that kind of stuff. You can actually read it for free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to get access to it. Um, it's, it's really easy to do. You just go up, you search for it. It's a, it's a full out database. It's going to be a whole website launched us very, very soon. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool. So it's called Markive. Anybody can have access to it. Anybody can submit to it, you know, as long as it follows certain guidelines and it's open to everybody. So that's one of the things that I love about this organization. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's kind of because because having done a lot of research in science and stuff when I was in college and after even, uh, it's first of all, it's difficult to find what you need. Mm-hmm. A- and then once you find it, it's difficult to have access to it. A lot of times you find just, just, the, uh, just the abstract. Right. And then you can't get the actual meat of the article, you know. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know you want it, but then you can't actually get it without being part of some club or whatever. So that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And and, and the organization is great. It's, it's uh, there's, there's, I'm a partner in it. So we're, we've partnered up. So um, I, I'm their communications director. So especially on the Markive project, um, but I'm also doing, so Octo, we're going through a whole rebranding, all our different uh, projects. There's, they have an open channels website, which is like a, a plethora of everything, job postings, grant funding. It has all the, the MPA news and the meme. It's home of that. Uh, and then we also do like, we, we, we search for literature and then we post it up. That's important to our sort of our, our people, right? Our okay. So, so you're not just podcasting. I, you I'm, got, no, I'm, I'm lots of layers. There is. So basically like as, as a communications director, uh, for them, uh, basically, I work for them as a as a partner on this one project. Plus, they're like I do a lot of their social media, but at, part of social media is podcasting. So we're developing. Sure. We're in the midst of developing a podcast, and we're trying to figure out the format, how that's going to work. Uh, you know, uh, length, frequency, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's hard with the team. It like, is. It what is. a lot of people don't know is that there's an inverse relation, inverse relationship between the amount of work that gets done and the size of your team. So, Absolutely. like, if you're making a podcast on your own, it's just you doing it. You push record, you make a podcast. Mm-hmm. You get six people together trying to collaborate. Yeah, logistics can be tough. It could be months before you push record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so no, absolutely. That's absolutely. tough. Um, so, so you're are you going to be like? What, so, do you know what the theme of your podcast is going to be? Like, what's your the I, well, the idea, so the, the name of it is going to be Octopod. Of oh, I, 
and, and pod, right? So oh, get out of here. Guess what our logo is going to be? Uh, what? It's a whale. <laughs> a whale. Like a blue I, one. No, no. I'm imagining. <laughs> it's an octopus. Okay, it's it an has octopus. to be. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say, get out of here. Like, <laughs> no, it's an octopus. It's an octopus um, wearing sneakers. Yeah, it's, it's an, an octopus wearing octopode. sneakers. Octopode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be wearing. It's Air Octo. That's what. He's, <laughs> he's that. You just pump up his head, his shoes, and flake. We need to find sponsors, man. Like, come on. We I know. Why not? Come on, <laughs> um, Nike. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Nike. Uh, but no, it, it's it's essentially going to be we're, we're 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 kind of feeling it out of what we want it to be because it's, it's got to be entertaining for our audience, right? And our audience is going to be the idea is the audience going to be like practitioners, stakeholders, like so recreational fishers, uh, commercial fishers, people who want to get involved in the conservation project uh, or or just programming or anything like that. The process. And so a lot of like marine conservationists, scientists who are in that. And what we're going to do is, is share a lot of the information from the Markive database. So that as it gets uploaded, we're going to take, you know, two to three articles probably a week. And we're, we're figuring out what the format's going to be. There's going to be like probably two or three of us at a time, you know, sort of just doing like a bit of like an Ocean Talk Friday that I do on Speak Up for Blue for those who are, who are, who are, um, uh, familiar with it with the podcast but it's going to be a little bit more sciencey a little bit more in in depth and uh we we might throw in like an interview you know with with one of the one of the authors Mm -hmm. uh, to get a little bit more detail on the background and stuff like that so we're trying to figure out you know we're thinking like once a week but then if we can do interviews you know we're thinking maybe a little bit more and almost do like a bit of like a ted talk type thing oh that'd be fantastic marine conservation so it, but you, as you know, right, logistics can be difficult. Interviewing can be difficult. It takes time, the editing, the music, the production afterwards, uh, and uploading and everything, and, and, and of course, creating the blog post and all that kind of stuff, and the marketing is, is big. So right. we even, a, a wait, what people don't know is even making a, make a one-hour podcast, we don't push record and talk for an hour and upload it. Right. Push record, and there's about four hours of work between, <laughs> between push stopping the recording and releasing it out into the podcasting. We're four hours on a good week. Yeah, oh, where, no, absolutely. Where things go right. Yeah, uh, it's four hours per episode. So yeah, for sure. Uh, you do three a week, and then the then you have the octopode or pod, the whatever. Octopod. And so, I also have one coming out. I have another podcast. Coming, oh my god! <laughs> uh, that I've been recording for a while. You're gonna like this. We got to get you on this one. Sure. Uh, you and you and Rhett Talbot. I, I know because I know you guys enjoy uh, a beverage, an alcoholic beverage, every once in a while. Um, but we have a marine conservation happy hour. Is what? Oh, I love that title. And, yeah, and so basically, we talk about marine conservation, sort of the lighter side, uh, but we uh, we have drinks while we do and, it, and we don't drink out of plastic bottles. No, we don't drink out of plastic <laughs> bottles. That's a definite. No, 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 no. no. That's, no. that's a definite. Uh, but yeah, so so it's it's a fun time. You know, we it gets a little crazy near the end. Um, we've had to cut some some stuff out because we're just like, ooh. That's a little, you know. We we still want to have a profession, <laughs> right? You want to you want to keep your jobs, and, yeah, and that's yeah, the problem yeah, yeah. with with if you, anytime you've like you're messing with your brain, you can get in trouble. For um, sure, that's why I only record podcast at ten thirty nine after a glass of whiskey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so with your uh, one more thing about the Octopod yeah. uh, podcast, and, and and it really goes into what what I think what regular people like me need help with is. Yeah. You know, and I and I have read a lot of scientific journals, but it takes work to read a scientific article and then translate that into real English. Absolutely. And and it's, I think it's the biggest problem we have in media right now is all these news stations. They take these journal articles, they pull one line out of the abstract, mm-hmm. 
And then they re- report that as a headline and have no idea any depth of what the article is about. And hopefully you guys can translate that into like regular speak. Like really, really communicate to yep. people what's really happening that's uh, the idea. in the world. So that's fantastic. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to hear it. I, I always love uh, your show and anything else oh, you do. Of course, that. follow along. Uh, and it's totally good. And any idea when you're going to launch all this stuff? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping... I'm hoping before I hope it's going to get launched uh, before Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Uh, that's the idea because I know for iTunes uh, they shut down over Christmas. Yeah, uh, you have to submit by. Yeah. This is nerd now. November twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's November. They said they said yeah. November twelfth is is the date. So I don't yeah. know if we'll hit November twelfth. I'm hoping before Thanksgiving. They said at least put an episode trailer yeah. out by then, and that way you're in the system. No, and then whenever you do it, you do it. So uh, well, what's nice? So what's nice is about about this whole situation. Uh, and you and I have talked about this. Is is I can do this full time. Mm-hmm. So I've got eight hours plus to put all this stuff together. And what I have to admit, what I, you know, uh, you know, doing this before when I had a full-time job and doing this as a hobby, you know, my goal was just to get three podcasts out a week, which is a ton, uh, which is a ton of work, it's a ton of work, right? Staying up to like two in the morning, trying to get up for work and everything like that. You get, and then marketing it all, you get to be a bit of a zombie after a while. Um, but, uh, now I've got, I've got eight plus hours to do all this content and I've got so many podcast ideas and so many people I want to work with. I'm excited to work with. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's a lot of work so far. This is like my, my third week into it and it's crazy amount of work Mm -hmm. and I just don't know where the day goes, but it's so much fun. Uh, and, and it's just, it's just fantastic. Like I, I absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've definitely been blessed with, with a great opportunity and Octo is such a great group to work with. Um, and they're, they're very open to like innovative ideas and, and, uh, and new things. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, like they understand the technical side of just social media and, and the tech side of like of podcasting and stuff like well, that. Well, they, they must, they must understand that or they wouldn't be investing in a podcaster. Absolutely. I mean, it's, and it, it, believe it or not, uh, most listeners to podcasts know this when they talk to their friends about podcasting, the eyes glaze over yeah, and, and they have no idea, but, oh, yeah. but podcasting, uh, and this is super meta or whatever you want to call it. Podcasting has a bigger impact than any other media source because yeah. you're talking into people's ears. You're talking to your listeners directly yeah. uh, and it matters. And so companies who are getting that are investing in podcasts Yeah, uh, and companies who don't are saying, what's a podcast? And they're yeah. going to be left behind yeah. you know, as this medium grows and as shows that maybe are just, there's a lot of shows that are going to disappear. Yeah. And oh, no, so, for sure. And so, like, if, if people are looking to invest in a podcast, they want to look at podcasts that have a run behind them. And so, yeah. speaking of for Blue, three shows a week for how many years? Two years? Two years. Um, over two years. Yeah. Over two years. That's Tomorrow, insane. Like, or as of today, it'll be 385 episodes. Yeah. So, I've, I'm at 175 at yeah. one a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's amazing. Like, that's a yeah. lot of episodes. Yeah. I've had people come to me, like... I've listened to every one of your episodes. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You're right. That's like, crazy. You need a life. <laughs> yeah. I got to be honest. I, I can't listen to it. I, I can't listen to three of your shows a week. I do. I do. I do one a week. Uh, what I do. Absolutely. No. And, and I, you know, people said, well, why don't you just go down to one a week? I'm like, I like it too much. Yeah. That's and, problem. And, and, you know, it's, it's other thing that people don't think about is as a podcaster, you are in a sense, not just a scientist, but you're an artist mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you're creating 
entertainment. You're creating content that consumes people's brains. It's just as much art as being a painter or anything else. You're, you're creating a thing. Uh, which is amazing and totally good. And people could find your show at speakupforblue.com. Forward slash podcast. Forward yeah. slash podcast. That's the iTunes. Of course, that's the iTunes uh, Apple Podcasts. Apple, and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> they changed, the Apple really wants us to say Apple Podcasts. I know. I know. They get mad if you don't. They do. And they're the juggernaut and we need yeah, them. So need let's them just sure. keep them, keep they've them happy. They've been good to us. They've been they've good. Been, they've been really good. Without Apple, we would not have, we'd, no. be, we'd be nowhere. We'd be I on agree. YouTube. When is <laughs> when is Google going to come up with their own app for podcasts? Right? Uh, that's what's stopping the big growth, I think. I think so. I think so. Uh, I, you know, Apple knows where where it's at. Yeah, it's except their like, new podcast app is terrible. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I like the new one in the iOS 11 version than the old one in the iOS 10 because it was getting really bad. Yeah, now well, it's, it's getting a little better. It's just a little bit harder to navigate. But, but you can say, uh, and if anyone has an Apple device near them, just put it near the microphone right now or the speaker. Uh, hey, Siri, subscribe to the Fish Nerds podcast. Just to confirm, would you like to subscribe to the podcast, the Fisherman podcast by Fisherman? No. No. <laughs> no, that's a competitor. No. That's the wrong one. <laughs> but are you serious? You can subscribe just by Siri? I didn't yeah. know I just yelled that and Siri just turned on to that. So. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Let me that try is... it again. Hey, Siri, sign up for Speak Up for Blue podcast. Looking for Upper Blue. Oh. <laughs> Siri can't hear. Siri can't understand you. Yeah, but it, it, theoretically it works. Maybe yeah. I had too much whiskey. I don't know. Hey, hey, maybe, the, maybe Siri's had too much whiskey. <laughs> Siri. <That's> um, the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey. Let's let's move on from this, yeah, Andrew. We're glad it. to have you with us. We're going to talk Thank tonight you. about the about the oyster pirates of Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, this is cool. This is a this, cool story. This is so cool. This came across my news feed. Actually, Rich Collins, our um, fly fishing oh. correspondent, shared this with me. Yeah. Um, his quote of last week's show, he was very happy to be called mostly disappointing. So we'll, we'll keep that. <laughs> <laughs> Rich is the best. Rich is like... He's the pot stirrer, right? Like he, yeah. he like in the groups, like he's in both of our groups, and he's mm-hmm. awesome because he's ready to put a comment, whether it be uh, like he he's a very I, I think he's a very intelligent individual. He's got a lot of stuff to say, uh-huh. uh, but he could be a pot stirrer sometimes when you post something. You're like, is that sarcastic or is that real? I don't know. Well, um, it's it's smarm is what it is. S M A R M. It's smarm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm actually a big fan of Rich. I like him an awful. I love him. I yeah. love him. I love I love conversing with him. I love debating with him when it when it's time and, and yep. uh, he's always he's always in a great mood to do that and, mm-hmm. I, and I appreciate that. Right? Well, that's because he works for himself as a web developer and an online entrepreneur. So he's he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that yeah. lifestyle. I've, I've, no, he's, he's got no kids. He's got two terrible dogs and a great wife. So he's <laughs> he's living a good life there. So. Yeah, yeah, we like him, awesome. and we're we're glad to have him as part of this. But he shared this story. It's called the Notorious Oyster Pirates of Chesapeake Bay, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a this is a, we're going to kind of go through a story by a woman named Carrie Wolf, uh, and this is pretty recent. Uh, yes. Have you heard of the Oyster Pirates before this story? No, this was the first time I've ever heard of it. But right, I so, fell in love with. I love pirates. I love the whole thing, and and it's it's a fantastic story. I read it twice. Yeah. And and so I was visualizing. I mean, before I get into the story, I was visualizing like Blackbeard, yeah, sailing into Chesapeake Bay, yeah, and like stealing oysters from other from like oh, merchant yeah. vessels. And that's not at all what it was. No, 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 no. That's what I thought too when I first. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be good." Yeah, but it was. It's just a very different. It was just like 
like they're almost like victims of circumstance. Well, they were. And let me read the opening yeah, yeah, paragraph. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to read the entire article, but I'll read right. segments and then we'll kind of we'll do, we'll do a second with it. So okay. it opens with this. It was, a, it was dark when Roy Thompson, a 20th century river worker, came under fire from local oyster police. There was oyster police. Oyster police? <laughs> yeah. That's how valuable oysters were back then. When they they were, oysters, yeah. Right? Yeah, he and uh, well, they were discovered before then, but they just became popular. Right, I'll tell, right. tell you why in a minute. He and a young man named Frank had snuck onto the waters of the Chesapeake Bay to harvest oysters. They hauled their load aboard the boat. Shots rang out, and bullets peppered the vessel. Thompson revved the watercraft into action, racing forward in an attempt to outrun the police, who were rapidly approaching. Uh, their gunfire shattering his windows, but his boat, chock full of oysters, was too heavy for a hasty getaway. He ordered Frank to start dumping the mollusks back into the bay to lighten the load. Desperate to escape the ambush, uh, though a bullet did shoot the shovel Frank was using right out of his hand, the two men managed to survive unharmed. It wasn't their first or their last close encounter with authorities. So I'm already visualizing a whole movie about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This would be... I mean, like if you think about it, um, it would be cool to have like a, a series on this, like a TV, like a Netflix series. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Right? Like a 10, 10 season, like a 10 episode season. Yeah. And it's just like, a, just because it's, it's post Civil War, right? That, mm-hmm. that, this, that this really happened? Yeah. So what happened is, is oysters have been a, a food source for, for years, for hundreds of years. Right. Well, for eons with, with the native people, but uh, the settlers ate oysters. And then post Civil War, the people from the North had tons and tons of money. Right. So they and, and the people in the South were harvesting oysters already, and they were doing it by hand using like these rake-looking things yeah. and, 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 uh, and, and hand tools. And the people from the North came down with these big boats with dredges. Yeah. And they would just dredge up big, giant piles of these oysters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it became a problem, a conflict, because the locals weren't getting any money for the oysters, and people around the world were getting a taste for these slimy for sure. animals. Uh, and it kind of, kind of created a lot of heat between the two things. Meanwhile, the government is noticing that numbers are dwindling. We were already concerned. We already had conservation people in government in the 1850s. Yeah. Going, wait a minute. That, that, that surprised me. I'll be honest. That surprised. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. They were going. Wait a minute, you guys. You can't take all the oysters. But everyone else is like, yeah, but I'm getting filthy rich. And there was like this oyster gold rush happening uh, mm-hmm. all over. By the way, do you remember what the, all the fast pirate boats were called? Oh, no. They were called the Mosquito Fleet. Yes, that's right. Thank These you. small, fast boats zipping all around the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. So, so what happened is at nighttime, uh, the oyster pirates would come out. And the oyster pirates, they weren't pirates. They were poachers. Mm-hmm. I, 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 by the way, I wish we'd use the name pirate for poachers from now on. I really like it better. Yeah, because, yeah, I agree. Uh, although it, I might become a poacher because I like the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that the fishery is closed today. I'm a pirate. I'm a pirate. <laughs> Where's me salmon? <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd be yeah. so well, so, so all these all these pirates are coming out at nighttime and harvesting the oysters, and then they were selling them on the black market or bringing them out of the area and selling them somewhere else. And oysters became this huge, huge thing, and it went for a hundred years. Yeah, and do you know That's why it went 50, for a hundred? Right? Yeah, to, to nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, when JFK finally signed a federal law protecting the oysters. Yeah, 
It took a no. federal law. States' laws weren't working. Do you know why? Well, because there was a Virginia and Maryland. That That's was, right. That were, that were beefing. They had different. They have different rules, right? Right. And in order, and because the Chesapeake Bay is a, is an interstate waterway, it's between two states. Yeah. Yeah. Those two states have to have the exact same rules. Yeah. In order to control what's happening in the bay. Yeah. And because they couldn't agree, uh, people would come in and, and they couldn't agree on the laws. There was oyster police. There was fishing game people. All kinds of people, but no one can agree on what the rules were. Yeah. And so like if, if you're fishing in the waters and a Maryland oyster cop comes out and busts you, you can say, well, I'm from Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Or, sure. or vice versa. No, it's not as if you, have, you know, pull out your license. Yeah. This, <laughs> we're going to put a link up for, um, for this on fishnurse.com. But, but these beds of oysters are no joke. I mean, they were, it was a $50 million industry oh, yeah. in the 1870s. In the 1870s. Yeah. yeah. You well, know, and just, and just think too, like it's worth enough money for people to get shot over. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. well, you know, people get shot over very little money. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, like you think about, like you think about today's sort of thing, uh, even well, oysters are obviously still, still the delicacy mm-hmm. that, that people will, will use. But if you think about like, even like the shark finning industry, you know, it's worth the, the, the brutality it's worth, you know, risking your life at sea, uh, and doing things illegally, it's worth it because it's worth so much money. It's worth mm-hmm. more to bring just the fins back than it is the whole shark back. Yeah, know, it, very it's, interesting. It is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, but, yeah. but the whole, the whole. I mean, it's it's really hard. And I, I was listening to um, Rhett Talbot's podcast about the oyster toadfish. Yes, and, and a great podcast, by the way. Really good. His podcast so is called uh, Beyond yeah. Data. Yeah. Uh, really great. But he was this week's show is about the oyster toadfish. Yeah, and and we're talking about like you know in the spring I was way into like uh, diversity diversifying our food eating locally and yep. sustainable seafood, uh, but it became a problem with some fish when you switch from one fish to the other, <laughs> and that fish becomes all you're going after, right? So yeah, wiped out the toadfish. Yeah, because they didn't they still weren't going diverse. They were like, okay, there's a you know the fish we like to catch are running out, but there's mm-hmm. tons of these guys. Let's eat all of them. Yeah, and so Americans suck at diversity. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think that fishery. I think it's fishery <laughs> worldwide, though. Yeah, right. I think it's yeah. fishery that worldwide. It's not just Americans. Uh, Canadians do it too. And we're doing it with the lobster right now. American lobster. Both of us, both countries, are doing that right now. Yeah. How do you tell an American lobster from a Canadian lobster? Uh-huh. Manners. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> So to get back, back to the oyster story. So this went on for 100 years, uh, and, and lots of people died over it. There's a book called The Oyster Wars of Chesapeake Bay, which I might throw into the uh, – we do an effing book club. Mm. I might throw that into our book club conversation oh, yeah. coming up because I want to read that book. This story I'm going to share with you on, on uh, fishnurse.com is just a, like a just a taste. It's like a snippet, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a taste. But man, people were so excited about fishing for oysters at nighttime that yep. that they they would go out and they didn't mind being shot at. Yeah, you know, at like it, it's cra- at night. Yeah, and, and it was worth the effort for them and just tons of money. Yeah. Um, when you think about the, the technology of the boats back then compared to now, right? Like yeah. a dredge back then would be very difficult to work compared to now. Right. You know, now it's all it's all mechanical. Back then, probably not as mechanical. It's probably a lot of a labor to like bring it up, and uh, I'm sure it's a lot of cranks and stuff like that. Oh sure, uh, labor and mules. I'm sure it had it as well. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. And, and I mean, the one thing that I always, that I liked about, well, the one thing that you saw about the story is this story hasn't changed. No. And if you look at, if you look at and you extrapolate what the, the situation was, you get people who come in with better technology mm-hmm. and they come in and they scrape a local fishery right. to the bone. And that means scraping, like when with a dredge, you have to remember it's it's habitat that gets destroyed. So it's like not only are you taking out the oysters, but you're not allowing the oysters to resettle because right. there's nothing to settle on. And and you're coming in, you're taking away from local fishers, and then you're you're going back. And so the money goes out; it goes up north in this situation. Right. right? And so you're taking away the 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 from the economy from. Uh, you know, these are s- southern states that that either borderline states or southern states that have been ravished by civil war for was it ten years? Mm-hmm. How long did the civil war go on for? Uh, I, don't do, I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to know these things. Not I, I'm not a yeah, you know. I but suck it's about at- ten. Let's just say ten years or so, and, and yeah. And, uh, you know, so these, that's, these are hard hit people they're, they're not doing well. They're, you know, obviously the North is doing better than the South at this point. And, and now they're, they're getting their fisheries taken away and it wish right. could be lucrative, but they can't, they don't have the dredge. They don't have the technology to, to, um, to like equal the amount and they can't keep up with the demand. No, and of course, that, and, that and happens the, all the time right now. All, all around the world. And the yeah. question is, would, let's say the local peoples, let's say people in Virginia, Maryland, if they had the money. Would they have done the same thing as the dredges from the north, or would they have been more conservative? Well, that's a great that that is a great question because a lot of times a lot of times the local people are get to be a little more conservative because they see the the change. It's it's that backyard they effect, see right? The change and they care yeah. more because it's their backyard. And they yeah. see like so. You talk a lot about local fishermen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be recreational or 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 commercial. Uh, a lot of times local fishermen, like sort of small scale fishermen, which just sort of, uh, I guess, artisanal fishermen, which will bring in money just to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so they want to see a sustainable fishery because they want, it's a generational thing. They want their kids to be able to do this and, and their kids and, and so forth. And when you, when you come up with this type of technology, you know, it's not going to last. Like you may try and experiment with it, but you they quickly realize that it's not going to, it's not going to last a long time. Or it's not going to be infinite or sustainable like they like they hope it would, and and that can be you know that's that's a big change. But then sometimes you got to keep up with the competition, right? Right. Well, and if and if you don't use the resource, somebody else will. So do you deplete it because if you don't, you'll you not only have no resource, but you have no money, and so yeah. you might as well get rid of it. So well, so let me let me read you what ended yes. the whole war here because we're yes. going to bring this. I'm not going to read the whole story. We can go on all night on this one. Yeah. yeah. But but the uh, so in 19. 19- 59, uh, a guy named Berkeley Muse, he was uh, from a rugged gambling haven of Colonial Beach, decided to tag along with his buddies Harvey King and John Griffith, Griffith for a bit of midnight dredging. By the way, it does not sound like a party to me. It's, I was about to say, like, let's no. go midnight uh, dredging. Hey, awesome. Berkeley, you want to go out and yeah. uh, dredge some river? That's like, that's like after you've had a, a bunch of drinks and you go right. streaking. Right. At night. Exactly. Well, that's a good <laughs> idea. Uh, the, the, the three of them set out on their covert mission, unaware of a nearby police stakeout. When police opened fire on the small band of pirates, by the way, this time they were shooting first. They yeah, just, I know that's how they didn't ask questions. Yep, they just came up and started shooting. Yeah. Uh, King took a bullet to the leg. Muse, who had decided to join King and Griffith for a bit of mischief, was shot and killed. Yeah. Uh, this guy just, he, he was not a dredger. He just went out for no, fun. Went for fun. Um, 
He went finally had one too many moonshines. Uh, Muse's death prompted the Maryland and Virginia government to finally attempt to work together to put an end to the backwater madness. After a long period of turbulent negotiations, the two states came together to support the Potomac, Potomac, Potomac I can't even say it. Potomac? Potomac, Potomac? Pot- yeah. Potomac River. Potomac River. It goes to D.C. It's the big river right by the White House. The Potomac River Fisheries Commission Bill, which dictated how to conserve and manage their share of maritime resources. Congress approved the plan in October 1962, and President JFK signed the bill into law December 5th, ending the oyster wars that lasted for nearly 100 years. So the first day I gave you was 1959. It was wrong. 1962. I mean, that's so people who are listening in their lifetime, this war was still a thing. Yeah, this is going on during the Cold War. Yeah, right? it went through everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't it, know. That. It went through like, so like, was this? Civil War, World, World, World War I, yeah. World War II, all the wars. Yeah. It, it ended just in time for Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. Like, yeah. You know, one natural resource. You know, and you wonder if that can happen again. You well, really I, do, right? Like you look at oil and gas, mm-hmm. you know, you look at even water, as, like fresh water as a resource. You know, uh, we're very fortunate we got the Great Lakes, but yeah. there's a lot of other people there that will fight over the over fresh water eventually. If we don't, if right? We, don't we just need bigger straws. <laughs> well, I think I, I have a feeling. You know, that some people like take the take the water from underneath. You just don't see the straws. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So well, uh, let me ask yeah. you: How much water do you have? Do you have fresh water? Do you have stored in your house just in case? Uh, you know, in case we have an apocalypse. We live in Ontario. We don't believe in the apocalypse. <laughs> There's no zombies in Canada. It's too no, cold. No zombies in Canada. They're, they're too cold. They'll freeze. Uh, we don't get hurricanes. I think we had one in the past 50 years. Now, I'm knocking on wood on all this. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, no, I, 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 you know, we don't, we don't store any water. I don't yeah. never even thought of it. Well, we, last year, our, our well ran dry. So now we store oh, water. Oh, yeah. So no, I, understandable. I, always keep, I have about 30 gallons of drinking water. Okay. Not not in tiny plastic bottles. Okay. I have large containers. So I gotcha. So yeah, just in case. Or in uh, case still the pirates show up and we have to have water. I do I have to admit I do have reverse osmosis water for for a fish tank. Oh that's that's I've got, can, a, I've got a reef tank of like frags and stuff like that. And and uh and so I yeah, I have I have RO, but it's for, for a fish tank. It's not it's not for, for drinking. Oh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> Even though it's probably it could be a little bit better than the drinking water, but we have great drinking water here. So yeah, I mean that's the advantage we have in yeah. New Hampshire too. I mean our waters it's they they take our tap water and bottle it and sell it around the country. You gotta love that, eh? Uh, and it, so, find it's it such a great business model. It's insane. And locals who live here still won't drink tap water. They'll go to the store and yeah. buy bottled water. I'm like, that's the yeah. same. Like Poland Spring is the biggest yeah. owned by Nestle. Yeah. Biggest water bottle company yeah. in the area. Yeah. And, and it's my tap water is Poland Spring. And they'll go and yeah. they'll buy it. I'm like, you're buying the same water. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, know, our, it's our groundwater. It's the same. Yeah. I have to admit, yeah. I, I laughed the other day. So my, my kids who are eight and 10, my two girls, mm-hmm. uh, they want a Gatorade. Right. So yep. they want a Gatorade and I laugh. I'm like, you want Gatorade? They're like, yeah, I want a Gatorade. I'm like, you really want Gatorade? I'm like, yeah. So I grabbed, I grabbed a bottle. The biggest uh, one. <laughs> the biggest one. I yeah. put water in it and I uh-huh. just dump sugar, half a thing of sugar in it. I'm like, here, here's Gatorade. Done. Like, but what, what is this? This is like, this is like, just like sweet water. I'm like, it's exactly what you're drinking. So I'm like, oh wait, hold on. I grabbed some food dye and I put it in there to make it orange or red or whatever it was. And they're like, oh, this does look like Gatorade. I'm like, taste it. It's like, yeah, it tastes like it. I'm like, cause it's just sugar. It's yep. just water. It's just water and sugar. Just drink water and you will be fine. Yeah. I guarantee it's the best thing for you. Your body's 70% water. 
Yeah, I don't think water. I don't think I realized our daughters were the same age. Yeah, no, it's true, hey. Eh? I didn't yeah. realize that till I think a few weeks ago I saw a posting on your on Yeah, my well set mine's almost eight and ten. Yeah, so the same. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's crazy. Can, mine's trained ten in a couple of weeks. Oh, so yeah, mine's mine are older. Congratulations. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> you have two more years of comfort with them and then it gets uncomfortable oh, yeah, for a long yeah, time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. They're good girls. I I you know, they're they're pretty good. They're still daddy's little girls, so I'll take that as long as I can. Yeah, take it for a while you can, and, and uh, yeah, all right, <laughs> moving on. That's another episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, hey, let's talk a little bit about how the Fish Nerds is funded. As people know, we don't have a lot of advertising on the show, although we welcome sponsors. Yeah, if if people sure. want to give us money to talk about their product, they can. In the, in the meantime, our show is funded entirely by listeners. Nice. People who like the show. And what I'm trying to tell people is if, if I'm asking people, like, do you think an hour or more of entertainment is worth a dollar? Yeah. And I'm, then I'm asking people to give $1 per episode per month to the show. So $4 a month, I'm asking for a donation. Um, and so we use a platform called Patreon. And you can go to patreon.com slash fishnerds. And on there, you can give us a dollar an episode. If you do that, I will say your name on the show and I will mail you a decal. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll be forever grateful. And believe it or not, $4 a month is a huge deal to podcasters when a whole bunch of people are doing it. Oh, it yeah. Matters, right? Oh, for uh, sure. You guys have Patreon as well, right? We have Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. do Patreon as well. And it's great. Like it's, uh, again, like what I like about it is, is uh, you get to talk to your community, like the people who are, who are supporting you directly. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of my a lot of like what I've done my strategy has just been a po- some posts that are public, and then mm-hmm. some posts that are just me and them right. And I just talk to them about where I'm going and like the announcement and all that kind of stuff. And 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 people have been great, like they've been really supportive and, and that kind of thing. And um, you know, it's a lot to ask for money, but it's also like a lot of these a lot of people have been have been listening to me for over two years. They've seen me grow and and they've mm-hmm. seen the show grow and they've been a part of that. And and they they take. They take pride in that. So it's, it's great when you can see that happen. Because, I mean, you know, the, the, it's the maintenance of equipment. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, it's not cheap. Software, it's not, yeah. All that kind of stuff, right? And it's just, uh, it's great to see people d- to, to contribute mm-hmm. and, uh, and to, to help you support that so you can continue to do it, um, you know, especially if it's a, it's a hobby thing, right? Yeah, it's a hobby thing. And I, by the way, I would love it to be my job. And if I had enough, sure. enough Patreon support, I could do that. It would take a lot yeah. to do it. I would need to be making uh, like $500 per show. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it's possible. Um, if, if, if listeners donate to our show, uh, Andrew, at the $2 per episode level, yeah. then I'll mail them a Fish Nerds uh, hoorag, which is like a, um, a do-rag you wear on your head or around your neck. Yeah, when you're uh, by the way, I, time, right? Yeah, I mailed you one, by the way. I don't I know did. if you got it yet. I did. I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Did you get it for real? Oh, wait, wait. The, 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 no, that's the do-rag. I got the decal. You got the decal? No, I sent you a hoorag uh, a couple days ago, so you wouldn't have oh, got it yet. I haven't received it yet. No, no, I haven't received it yet. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be awesome. Yeah, like, I, I, was, I was going down my donor list of $2 people, and you're one of them. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Well, my, my so, kids like hijacked the decals. They're, they're great decals. So I've lost those. <laughs> like they're in their rooms and they're yeah. up on the rooms. So I've lost those. But yeah, and those are made locally here in New Hampshire by a company called Backwoods Graphics. And I always like to support local Absolutely. local stuff if I can. Uh, and if people Talk give at the five dollar level to the podcast, yeah, five dollar level to the podcast, they get a Fish Nerds uh, uh, baseball cap or a beanie, their choice. 
beanie would be a, a winter hat. Uh, if they give it a $25 level, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. yeah. 25 is huge. Yeah. Um, I will mention your business on the show. So for example, my friend Josh Lopes gives us $25 a week. That's a lot of money. Yes, and he owns lopestax.com. So if you're in Hanover, Massachusetts area and you want your taxes done or you want an accountant, go to lopestax.com and tell him that you love him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, it's important to have an accountant. Yes. You don't want to get screwed by the government. It is so important. To, like it just over, over like silly things. Like, <laughs> so like I never had an accountant before, but they know so much and when i went to one i was like this is amazing if i was in new hampshire i'd be going to i would be going to this guy for sure yeah for massachusetts for sure massachusetts yeah. i'm sorry massachusetts. yeah no, i'm i am uh, i i'm i am behind on my taxes and starting this winter oh. i'll be i'll be getting someone else for my taxes next year instead of me because yeah. i'm terrible at it uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's really great and then i even you can even book me for to hire me as a speaker through patreon i love that that's at the 500 dollars level that's what i charge for speaking engagements now I love that. And, and people have paid it. That's, like that's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. And that's cheap, by the way, for a public, for a speaker at, at an event. It is, so, you know, that's, that is cheap. Like usually, yeah. you know, the, I think you're under, underpaying yourself there, undervaluing yourself, but Hey, if people are going to pay that, go ahead. You yeah. I'll, I'll take the 500 bucks and you know, not, not cloud, including travel fees. You got to get me there for sure. For sure. Yeah. But anyway, so that's patreon.com slash fish nerds. Show some love to the show. Uh, it keeps us going. We're 175 episodes in, and the only reason we're here is listener support. Nice. Um, although we do welcome sponsors, I'm just not a salesperson uh, on that level. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've never called anyone. Saying, I can hey, tell you, though, like, it, like, I'm going to tell you, if people who are listening who have business that have to do, especially with fishing, mm-hmm. the, I, I don't understand how people are not banging on your door with the, the, the level of engagement that you get with your audience uh, and, and the, the the, the 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 topics that you talk about are completely within somebody who's selling tackle or who's selling bait or who's selling uh, different lures and all that kind of stuff. Like these fish companies have to get, you know, the, their heads around sponsoring podcasts are great because you develop such a good relationship with your audience. Mm-hmm. You become that. Hey, check this out. And you've done. I know you've done reviews and all that kind of stuff. It's just optimal. Like for sponsors out there, if you're listening get on it guys like this is where you need to be this yeah i'll give you. i'll give you a good deal <laughs> yeah. Clay's gonna take care of you Clay's yeah just you. just try to be socially responsible or environmentally responsible i yeah. i i you know i i i need you to try you know lead for example like just there you go yeah first up from the new york times New York Times is all about fish this week. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Eh? I noticed that. Isn't that cool? All right. This, uh, the, the headline is, chain reaction crash with minor injuries except for the slime eels. <laughs> I'm just looking at the picture. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> if you thought you were enduring a summer of hell commute, consider the repulsive mess created on an Oregon highway on Thursday in a collision of modern transportation and prehistoric fish. Picture the scene from 1984 Ghostbusters movie in which Dr. Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, complains about being slimed. Then multiply that a thousandfold, and you'll come to some idea what happened on a coastal highway uh, about 100 miles west of Portland. Oh, my God. So a truck hauling 7,500 pounds of hagfish. That's like five kilos. Hey, I'm going to say Canadian. something. Sorry, before yeah. I 
hagfish are so disgusting. They're really cool. But <laughs> they're gross. So so disgusting. Yeah. So why don't you tell people what a hagfish is for those who don't know? Well, it's basically like it looks like an eel. It's mm-hmm. a deep sea fish. Mm-hmm. It's actually a fish. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it like it looks like like something that came out of Aliens, the movie. Right. Right, yeah. and it's it's got this slime on it that's basically it's it's a it's a deterrent for animals to eat it. Right, and it's so, so gross. They're so gross. Yeah. They will give you nightmares. They will give you like spiders after this look like furry pets compared right. to these hagfish. It's so gross. Yeah, so a hagfish is a prehistoric fish. There's no bones in a hagfish, right? No bones. Yeah, there's no bones. I don't even think they have fins. I think just no, like, there's no fins. Like like right. I said. Like yeah, I guess an eel yeah. still has like the the. the uh, an eel is a bony fish. It's modern. Yeah, it's yeah. got all the bones, right? Yeah. And I and hagfish and lampreys, I don't like to compare to eels because it's confusing. And they're called the For common sure. name is slime eels, and they have a gland that can, and I'm not exaggerating, that can literally produce for each fish gallons of really yeah. sticks, sticky, sticky slime that looks like Elmer's glue, real yeah. deal slime, no joke I mean, around. It's and that's hard to get off. Yeah. It's hard to get off. Now in the ocean, they eat like dead animals, a carrion. They'll yeah. find like a dead fish, they'll climb inside, eat it from the inside out, kind of hollow it out. Yeah. Or they'll find a sick fish and climb inside those guys. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, they're kind of a perfect fish, evolutionary speaking, because they haven't changed in like 680 million years or something ridiculous yeah. like that. They're crazy cool. So this big truck driving down the highway with 7,500 pounds of hagfish uh, <laughs> crashed. Um, and these fish were being exported to South Korea, where they're considered a delicacy. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> it's always food, isn't it? I, I, was, but I don't, like, how do you? I don't even I even know how you get the slime out. Like, uh, you blanch them. Dry them out <laughs> like after they die. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting you need to transport them alive uh, to keep them fresh. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But it's like how how do you cook it? How do you eat it? I'm curious. Yeah, I, well, I, I, that's a really great question. I've cooked yeah. sea lampreys, but oh, I, I okay. can't imagine it being similar because they're such a different. Even though they're both, you know. They're both similar in that they're ancient and yeah. they need to have bones yeah. um, and they're slimy, but lampreys are different, such, such a different kind of fish, even, yeah. even with their similarities. Well, and if you think about this, like the slime actually protects them from like the decay of the dead bodies and the bacteria and everything like that. Oh, it does everything. It does so all that the things. That can't taste good. <laughs> no. <laughs> that slime can't taste good. No, but you know, I've taken a sea lamprey, a live sea lamprey, and I've dropped it in a pot of boiling water to blanch it. And, right. and I thought to kill it. It didn't work. It it jumped out of the pot. But the um <laughs> the I was video of that, that, was oh, that I, I was in my twenties. I thought the thing was dead. <laughs> I brought it home from work because I wanted to eat it, make it a Portuguese recipe. And I read the recipe, it said blanch it, then bleed it. And so I'm all right, I got a pot of water. I drop it in the water and the thing like sprung to life and just jumped out of the water. But all the slime turned to this like thick uh cake. It st- turned solid on the fish, and then I took. And once it died, I took a, a dry towel and just wiped the slime off. And yeah, it after that, yeah. I have a feeling once they die, they stop producing it, so it's they can probably just. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to. You know, if, if anyone is into, uh, we have a culinary correspondent named Hugo. Um, Hugo, if you want to, yeah, find that. one of these, let us know. Uh, workers use bulldozers and hoses to clean up the wriggling fish, which coat the road and cars in a slime that they produce copiously for protection when they are stressed. And believe me, a car accident is stressful. 
it is I mean, successful. There's actually videos of firemen hosing these things down. Well, on- you know what they look like too. If you look at the picture, there's a, there's a I guess it's an Instagram picture. Yeah. Uh, or a Twitter picture. I don't know what it is, but they look like very large maggots. Yeah. Like pink, very large maggots. They're just, they they're like just so like, gross. They're so gross. <laughs> they're so gross. But they're, it would have to be a fire hose, right? That, that it, yeah. Get that off. Yeah. Like the yeah. slime. I mean. Like, uh, yeah. Man. I wonder if yeah. it's slippery. I wonder if it makes it. Um, I, I imagine it being more sticky than anything. Yeah. 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 Although it's I bet both. caught in your tires and stuff. Yeah. Ugh. And, and they've actually found instances of sharks choking almost to death. Yeah. For eating these things. Because one fish can produce like five gallons yeah. of, of slime. So a truckload, is that's just. And if you're in a death situation, you're producing as much slime as possible. That's bananas. Yeah. If so, you're going to eat me, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, totally gross. All right, uh, that's that's uh, hagfish. <laughs> Fish for yeah. All right, uh, sea, sea stars are more brutal than they look. Also from New York Times. Uh, sea stars, yeah. You know they look cute and cuddly. Now I've always said the cuter an animal is, the less you can trust it. Do you, can you think of any any cute animals that are dangerous? You know what? Uh, octopus. Uh, I find. Yeah. I find them fascinating. Sure. Um, but have you heard, have you seen like, have you heard the, the article that uh, I think it was like in New Zealand that there's dolphins that actually try and eat them? Yeah. And they like beat the crap out of they them. Beat they beat the crap them, right? out of them for a reason because even because their nervous system is not centralized. So after they bite off like a, an arm, it will actually still move. Yeah. It can still hurt them. And so it can still hurt them. It can still, they basically choke. Yeah, if they don't kill it properly, so they look like they're brutalizing this thing, and they're just playing because they're throwing it up in the air. Yeah, because they are brutalizing it. They are. They're literally yeah. brutalizing it to death. But yeah. every they have to do it to every piece of them. It's, it's, uh, do you, do you eat octopus? I've had it before, but I've yeah. never had it cooked right. Yeah, I got to be honest. Um, I I don't ever feel good about eating them. Oh really? Why is, it, it, is this because they're too in, like intelligent? I think being the smartest of invertebrates, I have a hard yeah. time with it. Yeah, I just well, I you can't. have like squid, like calamari. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no problem. I, I don't like squid. I think are like dumb mollusks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're, like, they're like the dunce cap. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I don't mind if they're like special needs. I'm gonna eat them. But, uh, so, yeah. So so for That's me, a great comment by the way. <laughs> so so for me, the the most dangerous animal I've ever seen has been a uh, chipmunk. No, we never for, for yeah. cute animals, super yeah. dangerous. Uh, my friends who make the Varmints podcast did a whole episode on on chipmunks, and they kept talking about, oh look how cute they are. And the whole time I'm like, no, don't trust them. Don't yeah. trust cute. Right. Yeah. I once saw a baby bird fall out of a nest. Laying on the ground, flipping around, like I'm a baby bird. Yeah. And I'm like, and my kids come running up, and uh, they said, "Dad, go get a shoebox." I'm like, "All right, I'll go get a shoebox." And I go to get a shoebox, and then I hear screaming, and I come running on the corner. What's going on? And then Zoe, my oldest one, says, "It's a chipmunk." I said, "Oh, cute." She goes, "No!" The chipmunk came up and bit the head off the bird, put it in his cheek, and then ran away. So. Wow. Yeah. So that brings us to sea stars are more brutal than they look. <laughs> That's insane. From the perspective chipmunks, of a yeah, chipmunks, yeah, yeah, I don't trust them now. No. From the perspective of a small organism like a clam or a shrimp, the Atlantic surface is probably a chaotic place of hostile instability. Shifting sands, blistering heat from an all-day sun, turning salt water, 
Little wonder so many of Atlantic shoreline residents gravitate to the small oasis of coastal rock groins. Rock groins. That sounds rock groins. That's dirty. Dirty. Yeah. Uh, though some of the permanence of these carefully placed stones is illusionary, they are a mecca for a variety of creatures on a hot day in August, and they can be just as attractive to humans interested in gazing at the sea stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the common sea star uh, is an ec- <laughs> echinoderm. Thank you. Show off. Uh, related to sea urchins. That's, hey, hey, that's years and years and years of work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As the name implies, they are covered with a remarkable skin flecked with raised bumps, which gives the animal rough texture. Just rub your fingers over any part of a starfish, yeah. turn the sea star upside down, and what seems like a stiff, barely living creature reveals hundreds of tube feet stretching and curling gracefully. Uh, and they'll even grab your finger if you offer them one. Uh, but, but, Sea stars are dangerous mm-hmm. if you're their food. Uh, sea star then straddles its victim, forcing the narrow edge of its intended meal against the underside of its own central disc, and then begins to apply unrel- unrelenting pressure to pry apart the shell of its prey. Though this may be seem like a case for simple brute force, the process is a bit more subtle. While the star tugging, powerful digestive fluids are released from the, one of the animal's two stomachs. And these fluids seep into the gap created between and the intended victim's shell to further weaken it. Eventually, the sea star is able to invert its entire stomach into the gap each prey from within. So what they do is they start prying the shell open, they spit in it, and their stomach actually leaves their body and goes into the shell they're eating, and they consume yeah. it. It's like a terrible alien movie. It is. It, it's, it's exactly yeah. what it is. Like, and, and people don't think about that because you don't see it happen, right? Yeah. But when you actually stop and think, you're like, that is brutal. That's got to hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's not as if you're like killing the thing right away. Like, you think about like a shark eating a you know seal that's, that 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 you find brutal, but at least like the seal you know will die within minutes, right? Really you know? fast. Yeah, you know, like, like with sea stars, they move slow. You know, so you got the prying, and this this shell is trying to hold it tight, and then knowing that this thing is on top of them is like trying to gonna it's probably gonna eat them, mm-hmm. and then boom, and then you get a, this spit. Like it's like it's like it's insulting the damn thing. Oh, it's terrible. Cool. I'm, there's a lot of animals that eat their prey slowly and painfully. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, remember, remember Predator? Predator? Yes, the movie. He used to spit and he used to be like acid, right? Yeah, and the fly, the same thing, and oh, melt, yeah. melt his prey up. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of alien movies, movie Aliens. You know, have you seen the movie Aliens? I've I've seen. I haven't seen the newest one. Well, any of them doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the original one, the alien with the way they eat, the way their shape of their head is, is they open their mouth and their jaw shoots out. Yep. And they grab the prey and pull it in. Yep. And so, trivia for you: what what Earth animal is that mimicking? Because it actually was designed from a very specific animal. Hmm. And I'll, and I'll give you a hint. It's uh, aquatic for its juvenile stage of its life. And it's an insect. I was just, just going to say, is it like a dragonfly? It is definitely a dragonfly. Aha. Boom. Yeah. The only thing that would have made that, that um, <laughs> the only thing that would have made that, that movie a little more realistic is if they flew around by shooting water out of their butt. that that would be the comedy that'd be like almost like ace ventura pet detective oh hilarious yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) every time i say i'm like man i wish you'd just spray water over butt and fly around seriously seriously that's how i'm gonna look at it from now on from now on 
Yeah. 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 All right, Andrew, we're going over on our time here. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, so that was Fish in the News. Thank you. For, I had like 10 stories picked out here. I only did the two. <laughs> no worries. Um, but thanks for, thanks for doing that. Uh, if uh, you're enjoying the show uh, and you want to hear fishing reports, you can, uh, you can stay tuned after the credits and hear your local fishing report. If you want to call one in, call 607-378-FISH. Also, if you have a question for the fish nerds at any time, call the same number, 607-378-FISH, and you can play Stump the Fish Nerds. Next week, we're answering a question about Tennessee catfish from a guy who's got a great Tennessee accent. So stay tuned for that. So that's it. You've listened to a bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. And we'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all the things that nerds do. Yeah, special thanks to uh, Andrew. Uh, thank you for coming on the show from Speak Up for Blue. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds, spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. And now time for your local fishing reports. Hello, Fish Nerd Nation. This is John King, the crappie hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas and founder of Glasswater Lead-Free Lures, makers of Angle King, which is our lead-free double underspin. And it's the first product that we are getting ready to sell here in a couple of weeks. But if you want to check it out, go to glasswaterleadfreelures.com and give it a look. Now let's get to the fishing. The bass bite is on. Smallmouth, largemouth, wiper, striper, white bass, the bass bite is on. The smallmouth bite doing really well up with Melbourne. Uh, largemouth and pulling some nice fish out of the scene. But even over at Hillsdale, the bass may run small, but they're still catching a lot of them. What they're going with is spinners of any kind, an underspin like Angle King, but I don't care. Underspin, overspin, inline spin, get something with a spinner on it and get out there. And if you're a jig fisherman like myself and still wanting to throw those soft baits, the wood is red hot. The two times I've gone this past couple of weeks, I've just picked one, two, three bass off each log, each stump, each piece of brush as you go along. It's great. The shore fishing great right now, especially for catfish. If I was running out to Hillsdale, I'd try Antioch Point or the Rip Raft on the Little Bull Creek Bridge. Bluegill fishing, carp fishing in the headwaters, all kinds of great places you can fish from shore. So get out there and do it. Alrighty, that's been my fish report. This is John King, the crappie hippie from eastern Kansas, saying tight lines and valentines. Peace out. <laughs>